So uh, my first question would be, I saw I saw yesterday in The Economist, there was a headline, American Iran stepped closer to the brink of war. Is this a fair assessment, do you think? And specifically, for what reasons? I think, if anything, it's the Iranian regime that wants to continue to forge war and chaos in the Middle East. Uh, we've said it over and over that Iran is going to be a single most troubling country in the region given the fact that it's been waging a proxy war since uh, the inception of this Islamic Republic. So I would say America does have an Iran problem with no solution. But if we put in place a firm policy that would hold Iranian regimes accountable for its terrorist activities, for its funding of the terrorist groups and, and forging the proxy war in the region, holding them accountable and enforcing the sanctions, really tightening the diplomatic uh, space for the Iranian regime and isolating them. The solution is in the hand of the Iranian people who have been in the streets protesting against this regime uh, and calling for the end and the overthrow of the current regime. I think that's where and how we can see a peaceful Middle East and a peaceful Iran that could return back to the, you know, the uh, community of nations. Can you uh, walk listeners through the recent missile strikes near the U.S. consulate in Iraq? So I think, that, that, as I said, the regime of Iran has been launching several direct or indirect missile attacks on American forces in the region. This is yet another example of their, their uh, attack on U.S. And um, I think at the end of the day, when we say the head of snake is in Tehran, that is what we mean. Uh, the people of Iran have stepped forward to deal with this head of snake. And so long as uh, we continue to have diplomatic relations and continue to give Iran a space uh, where it can abuse its its standing as a, as a government that is honestly in the eyes of the Iranian people, this regime is illegitimate and it should be illegitimate in the eyes of the international community as well. We need to close that space on this regime. We need to, as I said, hold the government of Iran accountable if we want peace and if we want to have stable region. And that is the latest example that we saw in Iraq. Do you think that there's a direct link between the RGC's attack and the October 7 Hamas attacks in Israel? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think even uh, I saw AP report earlier today saying that the American admiral who was briefing the who was briefing the role of Iran, whether it was through the the support for the Houthis or for Hamas, the Iranian regime is directly involved, either through funding or providing supplies or or providing manpower to the proxy uh, war that we are witnessing between Israel and Hamas and uh, between the Houthis and uh, U.S. and its allies. And we see that war now spreading in, in Iraq. Uh, last week, we saw it in Pakistan, that Iran was uh, attacking Pakistan. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, the, the attacks in Syria as well. I think Iran is trying to signal the world that I am in this war, but if we continue to appease the regime and if we continue to be, if we continue to uh, have the same policies as before October 7, it's only going to embolden this regime. It is time for change of policy and it's time for firmness to hold this regime accountable and empower the people of Iran to bring this regime down.
Are there any specific policies that you would prefer to see or any policies that have been tried in the past that you would, that you wish that we still had or could go back to? I think over the last four decades, unfortunately, there has been a weakness in various U.S. policies on Iran, whether it was the containment or the engagement or ongoing negotiations or appeasement of the regimes of the various um, uh, people that have been in power since the 79 revolution. I think the policy that I would advocate should be the policy that's going to really place the issue of democracy and human rights at its center, mm -hmm. which the first step in doing so is to recognize the voice of the Iranian people, the voice of Iranian women who want to end this misogynist regime in power. I think if you look at the the broader plan, for example, that has been presented by Mariam Rajavi in her 10-point plan, where she calls for a non-nuclear secular republic Iran that can exist peacefully with its with its neighbors, that can stand on a free market economy, that can stand on a non-nuclear Iran. I think that is the Iran that the people of uh, people are chanting for in the streets when they say down with the dictators, be it the Shah or the Mullahs. They want to say no to the dictatorship of the past or the dictatorship or the theocracy and the dictatorship of the Mullahs today. And that's the policy that you members of Congress have been supporting over the uh, various resolution that we saw. And in fact, within the first hundred years of the Biden administration, uh, um, more than um, uh, 240 members of Congress, bipartisan members of Congress have called for a policy that supports a non-nuclear secular republic in Iran. Mm. And that is a policy that needs to be put in place and, and uh, uh, put in action in order to empower the people of Iran to change the regime from within. And a lot of people are getting nervous when we use the word uh, change of regime in Iran because they have the past memories of Iraq or Afghanistan. That is not the model that the people of Iran are asking for. The model that are asking for is same thing that happened with South Africa with the apartheid regime. Isolate the regime, empower the opposition, and diplomatically close the door on this regime and open the doors to the people of Iran in order to bring this change from within. And the more, the faster we put this policy in place, the sooner we're going to see a peaceful change and the sooner we're going to see a peaceful Middle East. Would the non-nuclear component of this resemble the JCPOA, or what are your thoughts on the JCPOA? Do you think that that was a good strategy, that was a success, except for the fact that we walked away from it, or do you think that there were larger problems with the deal itself, the Iran deal? I think the Iran deal had a lot of problems in it. I think initially, JCPOA was meant to be a much stronger deal, but if you notice, throughout months of negotiation, the government of Iran managed to water it down, and we knew with all the sunset clauses that was built into it, we knew that even with the promise of snapback and the triggers around the snapback, it never really uh, became, an, uh, became an option and it was never implemented. So I would say a non-nuclear solution in Iran would be a peaceful and a democratic republic that's going to be essentially similar to South Africa, uh, dismantling and destroying the the, the nuclear advances that was that is used uh, and is intended to be used uh, for a weapons program. So in my view, I think for us to get there is to make sure that we support a change for a democratic secular republic in Iran in order to achieve a non-nuclear Iran. 
how large of a role has social media played in Iran, both in government control or or in uh, sort of organizing grassroots level of the of the people themselves? Because I I know that at least as a as being on the outside and observing this, a lot of what I'm consuming is indeed uh, through social media. Yeah, I think social media has become a very powerful tool for the people of Iran. Obviously, the Iranian regime also uses the social media for not just surveillance and spying on the opponents and the uh, active opposition groups, mm. but also for misinformation and disinformation campaign against the opposition. So uh, the good news is the the social awareness of how the Iranian regime is abusing social media for its nefarious agenda is already in place by um, the serious Iran watchers and especially for the people of Iran inside, the good news is the Iranian uh, activists online have found ways to develop uh, parameters and understanding around where to establish and who to st establish trust with. And the good news is that the Iranian regime, despite its promise of surveillance and the and the uh, intimidation in the cyberspace has not been able to control uh, this tool that has been very, very beneficial for the for the protesters on the ground and in the street. I understand that you uh, you have direct experience with the, the regime itself and, and its impact on your family. Can you describe That's that right. and, and also um, explain how this direct experience may have shaped your insight into the situation in Iran today? Absolutely. So um, I come from a family of political prisoners, uh, even before the 1979. My, my uncle was a political prisoner under the Shah. He was severely tortured and he was released uh, just months before the revolution. Uh, so we have seen face of dictatorship, be it the monarchy or the mullahs. But after the revolution, uh, my father, my mother, my uh, 14-year-old sister, who was a student activist at the time, all three of them, were arrested and imprisoned. My sister um, uh, was in prison for two years. She was severely tortured, and you could still see the torture sign on her feet. But um, how it shaped my and I was a young girl. I was the, I was um, uh, in my early teens when I came to this country, and in my early uh, tween and teen years is when I witnessed uh, the atrocities and experienced it firsthand. Um, there, you know, still in our family gathering, there does it doesn't a day doesn't go by when we talk about my sister's cellmate who were raped and tortured before the execution of my mother's cellmate who were executed along with their children. So um, oh for me, it has shaped my thought in terms of yes, I adopted this country as an Iranian American. I have spent most of my life in this country. But I never forget from uh, forget where I come from, and I never forget that it's still the same regime that committed the crime against my family that's it's still in power, and this pain has gone on too long, for more than four generations, and we have to put an end to it. We've talked about some of the things that the U.S. policy has done wrong with regard to Iran and continues to be doing wrong with regard to Iran. But are there any aspects that you think that we're doing right or have done right? I think the previous administration, with all the sanctions and keen focus on exposing the regime and holding it accountable, was very much welcomed. I think um, the fact that going after the top targets that have been responsible for much of the 
proxy war and the terrorism in the region for the sake of national security and for the sake of uh, stability for the region was the right uh, approach. But I do think that uh, when we when we talk about the Iran problem under this regime, we should really place the, the call of the Iranian people at the center of our policy that stands for human rights, that stands for democracy, that stands for secularism, that stands for uh, the rights of the minority and the various nationalities in Iran. I think uh, we have suffered from a deeper understanding of what the Iranian people want. We have suffered uh, from the unfortunate influence of Iran's lobby within the U.S. government. Even to this day, we have suffered from lack of recognizing who is the right opposition group. And we have suffered from endless, endless hope of reform from this from within this regime instead of understanding, no, this regime is irreformable and has to be uh, brought down. But recognizing the authentic voice of change, recognizing the opposition that is organized, that has leadership, that has the tenacity and deep reach within the Iranian society through the network of a resistance unit, that has been the missing element in the U.S. policy. American policymakers should recognize Iran has an alternative. Iran has a democratic alternative, and it's time to open our doors to that alternative. As I mentioned, the 10-point plan by Mariam Rajavi. What is the 10-point plan? The 10-point plan stands for a non-nuclear secular republic that is, and I can send it to you so you'll have it, that it stands for recognition of end of um, uh, abolishing of the death penalty, modern judicial system, uh, peaceful coexistence with neighbors, and really recognizing the rights of women, uh, gender equality, and really addressing the deep pain based on the experience of the freedom movement that Iran has had over the last hundred years has been uh, has been essentially built into this 10-point plan, which, by the way, has been supported by more than 4,000 uh, lawmakers around the globe, including the majority of the U.S. Congress, as well as uh, European Parliament. You mentioned uh, lobbying uh, efforts by by uh, supporters of the Islamic uh, government in Iran, in D.C., operating to this day in D.C., right? Could yes, you tell yes. me more about this? Sure. I think if you look at some of the reports that came out um, late last year regarding the some of the Iranian operatives who were uh, hired into the State Department under uh, Rob Malley, um, obviously with Rob Malley moving on, some of those folks were also moved on, but we still have some that are still employed by the Pentagon uh, on the issue of uh, who are actually support, you know, in the very influential positions and, and chain influencing the policy of the U.S. Those are some of the the, the people that are mentioning uh, that there are documentation and evidence that has been exposed in terms of their ongoing communication with Iran's foreign ministry, uh, former Iran's uh, uh, foreign minister Jawad Zarif, and their in email communication, got seeking guidance, seeking uh, um, advice on how to move forward. So I think when it comes to that that deep 
breach of the Iranian regime within our government, I worry. As an American, I worry very much. We are in election year too. I worry about Iran's influence over our election. I worry about Iran's disinformation that has not only deep breach within the government, but also in the cyberspace and its alliance with, with Russia and other uh, nefarious state. Those are, the, those are some very low-hanging fruit that our government can take steps on in order to really rid itself from any influence by the Islamic Republic of Iran and, and be able to really uh, put the policy on the right track and in the benefit of both Iranian people and the American uh, public. And I think we are long overdue in, t- in taking some action on that front. Last question is, when you look at the political landscape of Iran today and you see the sort of democratic energy and, and surge of, of power in Iran, but then you also see, on the other hand, as we've discussed, the so often inadequate response by the U.S., are you hopeful uh, about the future? And if so, why? And if not, why is that? Are you, do, would you consider yourself optimistic? I am absolutely optimistic because I have seen the resiliency of the Iranian people and their determination to overthrow this regime. Now, they can do their job with the international community's support, not with boots on the ground, but with the political and moral support by, you know, holding the Iranian regime accountable, isolating them, economic pressure on the IRGC, designating the IRGC as a terrorist group because that's what they are in Europe and Canada. When you look at those moves by the international community, it empowers the resistance units inside Iran. It empowers the average citizen inside Iran that, yes, America recognizes our resistance. America recognizes our movement for freedom. But at the end of the day, the Iranian people, the young people, the women, it is not by accident that women are leading this movement for change because they're the ones who have been bearing the brunt of the misogyny, misogyny in power, and they have the most to gain by overthrowing this regime. So what, what they're asking and what they're signaling to the world is that, yes, we can prevent additional torture and killing and execution if the international community stands on our side, or if they decide to turn a blind eye, then they will still proceed, but it will be with much higher uh, sacrifice and blood of the Iranian people. Thank you.